welcome to On The Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, Austin Grant and I sit down and catch up over what we've been doing over the last couple weeks. Uh, Our weeks have been very busy as we've been writing for this upcoming sketch show, uh, as as well as a bunch of different auditions that both of us have kind of had. And yeah, we kind of catch up and talk about that. And we realized, you know, over the over the years that we've been doing the podcast, we've never really talked about some of the grind that goes into, you know, acting and writing and producing and all of the things that we do. And so we decided to kind of talk about some of our journey. You know, as, as both of us living here in Los Angeles, we, we kind of are living through a cliche, hence the name of this episode. Uh, you know, we're, you know, Austin's primarily an actor, I'm a writer, and we both have our day job right now. Uh, you know, we, we decided to kind of bring that up so that people can kind of follow along. You know, some of our journey as our careers continue to grow at this point and and see that you know when you start out doing something you know like driving uber you know working in a restaurant which neither of us are doing neither of us would begin to work in a restaurant we know some of the pitfalls there but we talk about you know some of the experiences that we've had as we go through this process and you know some of this you know it may sound kind of preachy coming from two guys that are still very young in their careers but it's just kind of the experience that we've been having so far we thought this was going to be very valuable um, to kind of talk about some of our experiences and some of our stories so far and yeah, it was, it was fun kind of sitting down and just being able to talk shop in a way that, you know, maybe it won't be interesting to some of you guys, but we, we thought this would be a good time to kind of let you know a little bit more about, you know, what our, what our journey has been and what we are going through, you know, navigating our careers now that we're in Los Angeles. I had a lot of fun sitting down and talking with Austin while we went through this. And, you know, we've got a, we've got a lot of great stuff coming. Next week, we've got John Hymas and Tom Everett Scott coming on the podcast to talk about a new film they have coming out. Uh, it'll be uh, debuting at, uh, at South by Southwest in a few weeks here. So I'm really excited to have that. We've also got the Oscar episode coming up. All the Oscar scaffolding for the red carpet and everything is all going up right now over at Hollywood and Highlands. And, you know, we'll have plenty of coverage of that. But, yeah, th- this episode, I, I, I think, will be a little bit different than some that we've had in the past. Uh, but it's just a typical episode of Austin and I just totally bullshitting throughout half of it. Uh, but still kind of talking about our careers and our journey so far here in Los Angeles. And, you know, hope you guys enjoy it. So if you, if you like it, let us know. Because we had no idea kind of what the... Uh, what, what, what the response to this episode would be. Uh, but yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. And if you're in Los Angeles listening, you see us hanging out at UCB or at a Starbucks writing. Uh, because again, we're just totally living the cliche. We drive Uber early in the morning, and then the rest of the day we spend, you know, Austin sending in audition tapes, me sitting at a Starbucks or UCB writing, and, you know, just cranking out, just doing what we need to do to continue to progress uh, here in Hollywood. And yeah, it, it's, it's so far it's been great. You know, we've, we've definitely been enjoying our time and seeing a lot of progression. I just shot a video for BuzzFeed last week that should be released uh, sometime soon here. And yeah, there's a lot of great stuff coming. Thank you so much for all of your support. Hope you guys really enjoy this. Our YouTube channel will actually be launching next week as well uh, with a bunch of the sketches for the Best Picture Sketch Show uh, that we have coming up here. I think you guys will really enjoy those. We've loved what we've been writing so far, and I think I think you guys will find them funny. Hopefully you find them funny. Otherwise, it's just us laughing at ourselves like we usually do. So hope you guys enjoy this episode. Stay tuned next week. Like I said, John Hyams and Tom Everett Scott coming on to talk about one of their new films that's going to be debuting at South by Southwest. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. See you next week. I like this better because it picks up your voice better. No, oh, yeah. Because I'm always fucking loud. Well, that's because it's usually just closer to you. It's in your. Uh, uh, yeah, it, it's usually. Uh, yeah, it's usually in, in mine. What do you call this? It's a blinder.
A blinder? Okay. That just yeah. sounds like it'd be a terrible thing to put in a car. <laughs> Let's put a blinder right in front of you. It's better than a blender in a car. I, think I, I would, I would I like a blender a, in a car. I think a blender would be great because then you could just juice to go, you know, like <laughs> right here. And you're picking people up, doing Lyft and Uber, and you're like, hey, what do you guys want to... Would you like a smoothie? <laughs> apple ginger or are you feeling greens today? <laughs> <laughs> you, you you need you need, you need your cleanse start a cleanse today huh? you look like you could use a cleanse you look like you haven't shit in weeks <laughs> <laughs> then they just break down in tears how do you know <laughs> my colon's gonna burst any day now <laughs> you're over 40 sir have you not had a check no <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my insurance plan <laughs> my dad loved his I know for a fact my dad did not like his. <laughs> it's one of those things like getting up there in age that I hope I like. I know it's gonna happen. I'm just hoping that some way medical science will advance to the point by the time we're there that, that you don't have to have a camera up your ass. Exactly. Yeah, they'll be like, we can just cat scan you, you know, and yeah. tell, and you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it looks good. No more fingers and lubes. You're like, but I mean, you know. While you've got a glove on, Doc. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Doc, uh, how about a little something special, huh? <laughs> on the side. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, some little cold KY you in know, there. A little KY. He's like, little, I have no little, idea Little Little petro about. jelly? Uh, jelly. My, my wife makes a good jelly. I don't know. You're like, oh. You're like, oh, grape? Grape? Is it grape? <laughs> <laughs> grape jelly? I'm into that. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> You can just call me Smuckers. <laughs> call me Smuckers, Doc. That, that, that's great. This is how this podcast is starting: colonoscopies and uh, and blender cars, blender cars, and and grape jam jokes. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Well, a you can make. Well, let's connect these. You can make the grape jam in oh, the blender. Oh, in your car. In your car. For your doctor. For your doctor who's giving you a colonoscopy while you're driving. Exactly. It's a one-stop shop. That's that's convenient. I think we should start a business. I think we I, should. It's too. a niche market, but hear me out. I, Big I, dollars. I, I I like it. I, you know, we can. I think the new Bitcoin phase will be the blenderoscopy car. <laughs> the blenderoscopy car. <laughs> but the difference is the blenderoscopy car is actually something you could see, unlike Bitcoin. It's, right, it's, it's right. not just it's not I'm just imaginary money. money. And, right, it's all it's, it's funny. It's like monopoly money. It's like yeah, you just no, put but, in your real money. But even, and even monopoly money is tangible. That's true. That is true. It's ghost money. That that is what it is. <laughs> I'm investing in ghost money. Because well, if you think about it, we're all gonna be ghosts. One How are you day. gonna pay? Ghost money. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, they're like, are you? Uh, you're like, why are you investing? Well, I'm just looking, you know, to further my uh, financial future they're like oh yeah but what if like the market tanks you're like no 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 this is ghost money i'm talking about when i die this money will be in my account and the they say life. you can't take it with you but here we are but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. when in the afterlife i mean <laughs> <laughs> when in ghost uh, i remember reading this funny meme on instagram i think um it was like uh it was like a fashion uh page or something like that and it was this meme and it said uh you gotta always be wearing like your nicest clothes because what if you die today that's gonna be your ghost outfit forever you know and i was like that's a good point that is a huge point like you gotta be on point because 
I can't wear could, I can't wear gym clothes now the first no half of the day before I go to the gym. <laughs> it's like, oh god, we've got the. Uh, I think that's probably my kicker trying to. I, 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 I've, I've got, uh, I've got, I've got my basketball shorts that. They're like, oh my god, is that the the gym ghost? <laughs> my name's not Jim. <laughs> it's Tim. <laughs> but it I sounds do like go Jim. to the gym. It sounds like Jim sometimes on the phone, but it's always Tim. You'll know he's around when you hear weights lifting and hitting the rack. <laughs> You'll know he's around when it smells. There's just a subtle smell of a fat guy sweating. <laughs> you can't miss it. It's not that subtle. You're like, really? Like, I would... Oh, there it is. There it is. Yeah. Oh. Then my ghost just comes by and she's like, just the optical. <laughs> it's a very out of, out of breath ghost sound. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I will haunt you forever. I make myself sound so much more out of shape than I actually am. <laughs> They say on Halloween night he'll take your soul straight to L.A. Fitness. <laughs> I at least like... See, the, one of the weirdest things moving to L.A. was trying to find a gym out here. Because it's like, I knew of L.A. LA Fitness because I had got, gotten guests past there before. Just go to the beach. Yeah, go, well, there's always Muscle Beach. Always Muscle Beach down by Venice. Only if you're ready to lift, bro. Yeah. Fat racks. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I already have a fat rack. <laughs> You're like, uh, check. <laughs> but there were so, like, Equinox is a big one out here. And to anybody that goes to Equinox, fuck you. Seriously, fuck you. It's Why? It's $300 to sign up. <laughs> that's just that's just the sign-up fee. And then it's 200 a month for their minimum pass. Why? They're bare... Because they can, know. I guess. There are people who would pay it. There are. Makes me sick. But fuck those people. Yeah, fuck you. Like, for one, if you have that kind of money to spend, you can buy your own gym shit. <laughs> you can just, yeah, buy your own Equinox. Yeah, buy your own, like, treadmill and all that shit. It's cheaper than spending 200 because a month. Because I want people to know that I work out at Equinox. That's what it is. It's just, like, it, it's it's a... They, they, want, they want the cool uh, keychain. Yeah. But they don't go. They're just like, oh yeah, this is my Equinox yeah, keychain. That's all it is. They want to say they go to Equinox, <laughs> and I was just like, fuck you. Like, what? Vanilla actually had she'd gone to an interview uh, over by the Equinox. It's kind of down, uh, like in West Hollywood, and she she was interviewing at a place right next door to there. And when she left, she hadn't eaten breakfast or anything yet, so she went into like their Earth Bar that they have. And none of the stuff has prices on it. So she just bought what she thought was just a oh, juice. Oh, no. And it was like $9 oh. for this juice. But it was like this beet juice liver cleanse thing. Mm. But the next day she was like, it did its job. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Worth every I penny. have been cleansed. <laughs> was... Cleanse me, Lord. But yeah. It's, uh, yeah I, but So like there was Equinox. I was like, yeah, fuck that. And I, like there were so many just CrossFit. It's like no lifting a fucking tire. Fuck that. Like that's not. It, it, just it's go to not, the junkyard and start moving shit around, and then you're doing. Uh, yeah, I, I've got a little Armenian tire shop up here. I can just go throw some rubber <laughs> around for a while over there. They have to like spray you with the hose to get you out of there. Yeah. Like, Come on, you can't lift weights here. Yeah. Oh, God. oh Scott, Scott, yeah. Scott. <laughs> Flipping, you, like, roll your tire away. He's like, he's been storing up all freaking winter, <laughs> building a nest somewhere. But then, then my favorite. This, I, I I threw my phone across the room when I when I came across this. There is one in Silver Lake 
called Yas Jim. <laughs> Ew. And I was like, no, fuck you. Y A S? Y A A, like the whole Yas Yas Jim. Yas Jim. <laughs> and I was like, fuck that. Like, that I guarantee. That doesn't sound real. I, I know. And I guarantee there's not, like, people don't even go there and work out. I imagine it's like a place that you go in and you take selfies of yourself pretending to work out, and there's like a sweat <laughs> filter or something like that. So that you can you can be like yeah I, I I really put on a sweat filter today with sepia, I I, I think that on every single uh, machine or rack whenever you're done with your set it has like the kind of staples it's easy button or whatever I mean, yeah. it's just like yas gem <laughs> every time you rack your weight yeah you're just like woo what a hit ra- the button yas gem <laughs> <laughs> that's why I pay the big bucks <laughs> it's just to hear that yas gem it's worth it. And if your name's Jim, it's even better. Can you imagine me the person at the front counter with that? Just all day long, just like circulating the whole gym. Just, yes, Jim, yes, Jim, yes, Jim, yes, Jim. It's like the seagulls on Finding Nemo. Just mine, mine, mine. Yes, Jim. Yes, yes, Jim, Jim. Some say yes, some say Jim. This is what happens when we haven't actually got together in like a week or so. Mind vomit. Yeah, it's just mind vomit and listeners get to deal with that first thing. Deal with it? You mean... They, they get, get to it. absorb this, yeah, the, this wisdom. They are sponges, and we <laughs> are giving them the mind vomit they need to absorb. Like, the only time we really saw each other over the last couple of weeks was we'd meet up, we would write for a couple hours for the sketch show, and then immediately just be like, all right, we got to go back and do other stuff. And, like, I mean, you just, yeah, you, life. you had an audition just two days ago? Uh, well, I filmed it last night. Yeah, you, you filmed it. Filmed an audition yeah, last first night. First audition in LA. Woo! And then uh, and then I had my like I booked my thing with BuzzFeed last week, so I had that I filmed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then yeah, I mean it's it's been a fun little couple weeks. And then just of, working and saving money because Lord knows, yeah, LA ain't cheap. Yeah, and then yeah, and then working working our day jobs, which I realized was something that we never really mention here. We just kind of go about our our actor and comedy stuff and. Like yeah, I mean we still have our our day job since we've been in LA. I mean we when we were in Utah we had our dayish jobs, but in Utah Mine for the night, most part but they were yeah you're, you're, you could consider them a regular yeah. day job type thing. But but I mean that was too also working for your dad. Yeah, working so, for my dad, working at the bar. Yeah, and, and you only worked at the bar for not that long. Most of it was still no, working I, I for your dad. I did it for a full year. Was it a full year? Yeah, it was a little over a year, a year and a year and some change. But overall, your main income still came really from acting. Yeah, last year definitely more than half of my income was acting, which yeah. is a really good feeling. And and most of mine was like residuals from writing and selling random things. And so it's like we never really brought up like, you know, you yeah, yeah. you had your stuff with your dad and the bar, and it's like I was working for different tech companies. It's how I look at it, because I'm a saver. Yeah, I'm gonna give yeah. you my financial advice. Lay it on me, rich dad, poor dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's served me well so far, and it's helped me save up to get out here, which is also just incredibly expensive uh, just to move. But it's yeah. a big feat. Once you're here, you're here, and you can kind of feel established and get things going. You get but, settled in, and then you kind of figure you it out. you got to have some money to move out yeah. here. If you want to live like comfortably, yeah. and not like luxuriously, I'm saying just comfortably yeah like, both of us are very you're not comfortable. like you're not stressing like really stressing about money um you got to have at least like ten thousand saved up i would say to to move comfortably because it's going to cost you three to move of you know first month's rent and then i'll just activate this activate that all of a sudden your money's like cut in half if not more yeah. and 
it's just yeah it's a lot of money anyways but back to the financial advice when it comes to like acting at least from my perspective the main the regular jobs are those are like what you pay the bills with for the year you know you're working your whatever flipping burgers we'll just say that as a cliche you know you're flipping burgers um and that money goes to paying off whatever you have to pay your normal regular bills and then anything you make through your art through your craft acting writing residuals all that save all of that. yes that stuff just goes right into savings you don't touch it i just call it like my la fund you know yeah you just throw it in there and then and then you're back to working your other jobs in between. So it's not like, oh, I made some money, spend it. Now you're back to working right. your jobs and you have nothing to show for it. You know, it's like a collective of and it, four and it's or what, five years worth of, yeah. of money to, you know, you know, get in a... It, it's what up. made things easier on both of us because by no means are we, like, you know, going nonstop with the day job and, like, strapped for cash. No, it's like I we're mean, both very... Technically, I don't. I don't have to like be working yeah. my job, but at that point, that'd be stupid because then you're the just burning of, through your savings. By the end of the year, I'm not gonna have anything, and right. who's to say you know I don't book anything or whatever? You know, you just never know. Um, so yeah, it'd just be that would be idiotic. Yeah, but so, so it's like we both have our day jobs, and we're living the yeah. the ultimate cliche <laughs> because exactly we we drive Uber and Lyft during the day and. By yep. midday, we're Which, back to acting and writing. I, I will say, because, uh, you know, you've been doing it for a couple months now. I've been doing it for a couple months. Uh, just almost one month here. And uh, I would I would recommend doing Lyft or Uber, whether you're a man or woman, whatever your, you know, background is coming from. If you're moving to, like, we'll just say Los Angeles, for example, because I have no idea what it'd be like to do that in New York or Chicago, San Fran, I don't know what the situation is there, but at least here, a big first like hurdle it, it has come to me is that you got to just know Los Angeles, and that's something yeah. that you don't think about when you're like moving out here. I never would have, I mean, I've always wanted to know more, but I was never like, oh, that's got to be something I need to know, is yeah. need to know how to navigate. And, and I was the always city. the one just navigating for us. Because it will come back to bite you one day, you know, if you don't know exactly what you're doing. So um, I would recommend doing it at least for a month or two if, when you move out here because you get to know the city way faster. Yeah. And, it, and then, you know, you can do something else if you want. You know, they always have new driver bonuses, whatever. It's a really good first job and good for... Yeah, out here and uh, and it's not in between you know acting and yeah all that stuff and it's not super stressful or anything. I, no. I remember when I if you do if you're if you're smart and you're yeah. driving the morning and early afternoon. Yeah, and I, I I remember when I first started acting, one of the first acting books I read that was about uh, casting and, and getting in front of casting directors said in multiple chapters like do not get a serving job, whatever you do do not get yeah. a serving job because they're fucking terrible. And you'll get those, you're going to hate it. And even though you can leave that job and like go to your audition, you will carry that negativity exactly. and that hostility into an audition. So don't, whatever you do, don't yeah, have that. I, I, yeah, because I'm, you know, you and I are both in the same boat. We're kind of like, this has been good for right now. Um, but it's time, sorry, one second. But it's time to, we got to find something that's going to be better for the, the long run. Yeah. Because um, I don't see this job definitely being a long-term thing it's really good short-term yeah and, and that, that's you, exactly and it. a good fallback if you ever like out of a job or whatever you can just do this it's not difficult yeah so, 
Um, but I, I feel it's like... It's been a good way to get our ground bearings yeah. set and make sure that we weren't feel, freaking out. Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I, I just would highly advise to avoid any sort of, like, strict shift-type jobs because then that's going to restrict you on, like... Exactly. You know, your availability because you're like, I have to do this job. What if you have an audition? You know, your agent... What if you have to meet with a manager? Yeah, they're like, you've been waiting months to get, like, in the room with an agency. And they're like, "Uh, yeah, they they want you to come in Wednesday, 3 o'clock, and you're like, I have have a shift from 10 to 5, you know? And then you got to start worrying about work, and then they're gonna get mad at you, and then and then they're gonna fire you this if you don't. Big circle of yeah, fuck you, and <laughs> yeah, you you might not get the management yeah. job, and you might lose your job. Like it, it's just it's right. So you get, then much you're of picking a, your poison a little bit. Yeah, and th- this just kind of I mean, like next the, week the conveniency is really nice. Yeah, and like next week to... we even have a podcast episode that we're recording early in the morning with some guests that it's like we'll be able to go out, drive for a bit, stop, go into the studio, record. And get right back out and, and go back out and like, have some more if, if you want or if you yeah or kind of met your I've we've both kind of like we're right around the same as far as like how much we need to make a day and it's around like anywhere from eighty to a hundred bucks if you make in that that pays yeah. all my bills if I work that yeah we, we we call it good after that because we're also so many drivers I know both have thought that we're crazy because we we don't just keep going the long haul and it's like it's not worth it <laughs> yeah it's not worth it. You're going to drive your car into the ground doing that, and it's not... Just to, what, make an extra $40? Yeah, and it's not whatever. what we're here for. No, exactly. So we, I mean, sometimes I like so, to fuck yeah. with people, and they're like, so so why did you move to Los Angeles? What brought you here? And I'm always just like... I'm doing it, baby. Well, <laughs> well I, I wanted to drive Uber. Like, I uh, wanted to move here and drive. I mean, I only could get so many rides in Utah. I mean, this is the big times. This is the big time Ubers. And I love big watching, time Ubers? <laughs> I, I love watching the look on their face when they're just like... Oh, congratulations! Like they, for a second, they take me serious. Like I moved here to drive for Uber. What do you? Why would I not? And then I'm always just like, no, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's that's exactly not why I'm here. But it's like it gives me the freedom, like working at Meltdown. Like I, I wouldn't be yeah. able to just no, yeah. you know, get there. And it's like, I mean, the people I've been able to, the f- fact that I got to fucking work with Russell Brand for like two weeks, like on on a handful of his shows that he was workshopping for his new network. You got a bodyguard. I even got a bodyguard from from Andy Dick. <laughs> <laughs> an intoxicator. Yeah, and, and it's 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 a sad yet funny story. Like so so it was it was Russell's last show that he was doing uh working out for these for these new Netflix or for this new Netflix special that he's taping uh in a couple weeks here. And like people had started to find out, you know, that he would kind of hang around after shows and chat with everybody and this was an earlier show. We had two shows this night, and uh, he had just kind of thrown this last show on. And so it was like, all right, well, that means we have to quickly like turn the room around and get ready for the next show. And so as this first show gets going, I see Andy Dick kind of sneak in the back door, which, I mean, you, you hear the stories of Andy Dick and all that. And so at first I just see him kind of walk in. I was just kind of like, <laughs> like, I just laughed out loud to myself because I was just like, that's Andy Dick. Like, I mean, he's just, he's kind of a joke in and of himself. So I see him walk in, and I kind of mentioned to, like, one of the other people, I was like, yeah, Andy Dixon, that's kind of weird. And he, so first he tried to barge into the green room to go see Russell. And his assistant came up and was just like, hey, can you get that drunk guy to probably leave? And 
he had gone and sat back down. So at first I was like, well, do you know who that is? And they're like, no. And I was like, oh, that's Andy Dick. And they're like, oh, oh, well, let's just keep an eye on him. And so he behaved himself through most of the show. He was kind of talking loud here and there. But he was all the way in the back of the room. So it's like, I was keeping my eye on him. But then the show ends. And Russell went back into the tech room. And, like, we weren't letting anybody in. I was guarding the door to make sure nobody was getting into to him. Uh, except for George Shapiro, which kind of blew my fucking mind. Little old George Shapiro comes, kind of walks in. He's like, I'm here for Russell. And I was just like, <laughs> yes, Mr. Shapiro, please. Like, I'm here for Russell. If I can carry you and I will. For those who don't know who George Shapiro is, he's probably one of, like, the most legendary managers in all of Hollywood. Like, he's a big responsibility of, like, Seinfeld. Anytime you watch Seinfeld, it'll show you at the end, like, executive producer George Shapiro. Like... He is one of, like, the golden gods of Hollywood. And so, like, my mind was blown just to be like, holy fuck, it is George Shapiro. And he was the nicest, sweetest little old man I could have ever imagined. <laughs> so, it's like, I quickly let him in. He's the leprechaun we all want. Yes. <laughs> and Jason Siegel was there, because, of course, he and Russell were in uh, a movie together. And it's like, I'm kind of guarding the door. And so, like, I asked Jason Siegel, I was like, hey, did you need to get in? He's like, oh, no, no, just let it Russell know. Like, I'll see him. At the place we're going, he'll know what I mean. <laughs> and so, like, he kind of goes out, and then Andy Dick comes up, and he's just trashed. And the reason I say it's sad is because, as far as I knew, Andy had had been sober sober for the last several years. But yeah, he was kind of rough and tumble for this, and uh, he was just like, "I I need to get in, see Russell," and we're like, "Sorry, Andy, like we aren't letting anybody in." Like Russell's asked for nobody else to come in. And he started getting pretty forceful, like, trying to force his way in. And so, like, one of the other techs came out and, like, was holding him back, who, like, was actually a friend of his. Like, one of this other tech, like, knew who, know, knows Andy, he's worked with him. And was like, look, Andy, you've got to go. Like, we have another show, you have to leave. And so, like, he starts getting a little, a little hostile and, like, pushing off of us and, like, trying to, like, pry the door open while I'm pushing him back. And, yeah, it just kind of got crazy with, yeah, Andy Dick having a total... A total meltdown. It was just like... Unintended. Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's... <laughs> Tim with the puns. I, I'm, I'm not even meaning these puns. That's uh, I haven't caught either of them until you've pointed them out. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was hilarious, but sad. And then, like, once we got... We found somebody that had come with Andy, and we were like, look, you've got to take him out. Like, otherwise, we're going to have to call the police. Like, <laughs> we got to take him out. And so, like, he comes in and gets him. And, Radio the snipers. Yeah. And, like, I walked back into the green room, and it was right before... The, the second show was Fresh Out L.A., which is probably one of the best fucking shows that we have. Uh, it's hosted by Emily Heller and Adam Conroy. And, yeah, it's just, it's always amazing. Um, but Emily Heller was already in the in the tech room, and Kyle Clark, who's been on the podcast, uh, he was hanging out in there, too. And I walked in, I was just like, man, an Andy Dick meltdown is not how I saw this night going. And Emily's just like, oh, that's just like a rite of passage in L.A. It's like an earthquake, like... Who, they what's your Andy Dick they story? They just happen. Everybody eventually gets one. <laughs> They're like, like, now puberty, you have your, you know? now you have your Andy Dick story. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also, which I'm very jealous of, got to uh, uh, the Struts came. Oh yeah, the Struts were at that show. That was that was, was so, so jealous, random. I love the Struts They're because a great band. Yeah, I'd met them with the thing that we did at X96 uh, a while back when yeah, they came they did and did like an acoustic show and. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I saw Lucas, their lead singer, wandering around in the store, and I was like, oh, I wonder if he's here for this. You know, not not like a racial thing, you know, like, oh, they're both British, maybe they're... <laughs> but I was like, no, it's, it seems, I mean... British only! <laughs> it, 
it, it seems like, you know, the kind of show, we, we kept getting a lot of people that were from the UK that were coming to these right. shows. I imagine it's like a, a kind of tight circle thing, yeah. you know, like, oh, UK artist, you know, they probably yeah. just know and, each other. And so it was, their, it, was, it was him, and I believe it was their bass player that was with them. And then they were standing back out front like they were looking for somebody. So that guy just went up, and I was like, hey, guys. And I was like, I don't know if you remember me. And we chatted for a second. They're like, yeah, we're just waiting for, like, the whole band to show up. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, the whole band of the Struts is, is coming. Dope. Yeah, sure enough, like, the whole band showed up. And, yeah, it, it, it was kind of crazy to see them. And then uh, TJ Thine that plays Hodgins on Bones was randomly there. <laughs> it was, uh, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it was kind of a weird show. But, yeah, they were... It, it, it was really, really cool. But, yeah, the having... But, yeah, I mean, it's the flexibility of being able to drive Uber and that that lets me be able to work on those kind of shows and have Andy Dick Meltdown. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, last week, too, uh, for Andy Kindler's show that we have every month, uh, he, he announced he had a special surprise guest. We were all like, all right, who's this going to be? Fucking Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> it, it was amazing. Like, I've always wanted to see Zach do stand-up, and it was... Wasn't he at, uh, where, uh, Roosevelt that one day? You, I wasn't Oh, yeah, here. yeah. You guys were getting burgers. Yeah, no, it was just Vanilla and I. Oh, is that... Yeah, yeah. we were here, we were in town for WonderCon and randomly saw him. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, to see, to see him do stand-up, a... it's something, like, I've always wanted to see, and... It was incredible. It, yeah, it was it was a dream come true. But yeah, that's pe- people look at me like, oh, so you you came to town to to ride or to act, and yeah, no you're shit. driving Uber, and it's like, yeah, we feel like a total cliche. And when we're done, a lot of the times, yeah, we go over to Starbucks or over to UCB. A lot of the times to UCB, we spend a lot of time over at UCB on Sunset. Yeah, the thing is, is like, and this is something that I've kind of grown a lot more patience too but i i i i hate the conversation what have you done you know yeah and you have to kind of like explain yourself it feels like you know oh i'm an actor oh what have you done this this and they're like oh yeah or maybe they don't recognize anything and then and then there becomes this air of like well if i don't know your name then you are not successful and it's like yeah okay you're not People don't look at the entertainment industry the same as they look at like the insurance industry or whatever. Yeah. You know, like it, they're they're all pretty much the exact same to a degree. Entertainment is definitely different among those, but as far as it takes time, that's the same with all of them, and it does. It just takes a moment, like. You know, you got to get here first or wherever it is. Maybe oh, yeah. it's not your place, but like somewhere else. And, um, and once you're there, you know, it's it's a it's a matter of time, you know, before you you get the manager that's really excited to work with you versus like, OK, yeah, you have management, but maybe they have 30 clients and you're right. at the bottom of the food chain. So it's like, why would that's not even beneficial to you? You know, yeah. cool, you're with it'd be like me being with like you know, uh, CSA or something like that. CA. CA, that's what I mean. And uh, and then it's like, well, they represent basically everybody who's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, nominated for yeah, the Oscar. Yeah, you're the bottom of like, the food chain. So it's like, you're not you're, their main focus. You're better off having people who are actually excited about you, you know, because everybody knows everybody out here as far as managers, agents, casting directors. They all know each other because they all have worked with each other for. 20 plus years yeah they, they bounce around pretty quickly and so it's like regardless of which 
agency or management or whatever, they're going to know people and have doors they can open for you. So you're better off to have somebody who's actually like excited to work with you and is like invested in you. And, you know, they, they like you, you guys get along and, you know, there's that professional relationship, but you also like feel like family and friends yeah. in a way, you know? You don't have to move out here and be with William Morris or CAA. Or, right. And if you do, great. Or UTA but, right away or anything like that. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's just, it's a matter of time. It's like, you know, uh, the, the only, I guess, thing that's different about like entertainment versus other careers is just that it's not stable and that's i think where people get like really petty about things they're like oh and then well this and that you know what your backup plan it's like i don't need a fucking backup plan because this is this is my job this is my career yeah um you know if i have to work some other job my entire life so be it i know that this is what i'm what i'm supposed to do i I can't remember who i heard i know that's not going to happen but um it's still just like yeah. my mentality is so 100% involved and I literally cannot think of anything else I would rather do. If I, I know I could be good at a handful of things, but I know at some point I would be like, why, why did I not? You yeah. know what? You know, and you just, you'd hate yourself forever. I, I can't you, remember which actor I heard say it was, I was on an episode of Nerdist I was listening to a couple of weeks ago and they had said, if you can envision yourself doing something else do that do that and that's exactly true yeah because if there's that... any doubt in your mind or any like one percent point two percent of you that's like i think i really want to do marketing please god do marketing yeah. because this is way too long of a like shit storm and you're gonna you know you're gonna run yourself into the ground eventually um yeah if you think you're going to be, like, a big hit in a matter of, like, three years even, like, God help you. Because, like, it's just not going to happen. And if it does... It's it's the 10,000 hours. you got to put yeah, in the 10,000 hours. You're, you're the, Good you're old the, Malcolm Gladwell. <laughs> you're the lottery winner. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it just doesn't happen. The, people make it out to be like it happens. You know, let's say, uh, let's say, like, the guy, um, I still haven't seen it yet, but Narcos. Yeah. The guy who played uh, Pablo Escobar. Yeah. I remember reading this article on him, uh, or it was, I think, on Backstage or Hollywood Reporter, one of the two, and he was talking about the casting agent, the casting director for the show, and they they knew him from all this other stuff, from like 10, 15 years prior of him like coming in, auditioning, booking a lot of like day roles, working on a ton of stuff. Um, but of course, he wasn't like a, a name. And so he, he was a working actor, but not like a name. And so when he books that and then he blows up and he, you know, crushes it and he's like, no, did he, did, did he win for a Golden Globe or was he just nominated? Um, he was know. just, he was just nominated just for nominated. the Golden Either Globe. Either way, he's nominated for a Golden Globe. And so people were like, oh, you know, they, they like, this is an example of someone who's worked for years, you know, like, yeah, they've I mean, been doing this for years. Be, but Before people, Narcos, he had like 35 other acting credits to his name. But, but people want it to look like, oh, wow, he just booked this. And he, now he's yeah. like overnight this star. And it's like, no, actually, uh, that's not how it works. But there, yeah, that, that's never how it there's works. There's a select few like uh, success stories where it's like, wow, this person was found in a coffee shop. Like, <laughs> But that ain't the truth. That's just not the reality. It's the, happened. The but, fastest I think I've ever actually seen anybody like really blow up was was neon trees and even then they still had a good several years of 
you know, really Playing working gigs the grind. For and, like five people. Yeah. And, and I was at those gigs. So I, I remember those <laughs> gigs one of the that, five. They, that they were at where they were playing for just a small handful of people. But then when they exploded, I know a lot of people were like, oh, that was that was fast. They made it. And it's like, no, I remember when they were playing like Velour or Muse Music and like those shows where, yeah, there was there was 10, 15 people there. And, you know, that that's just how it was. But Tyler Glenn, you know, he's one of the hardest fucking working people I've ever seen. And he would network and work so hard. That's why they got, you know, the opportunities, the opportunities they got. They got. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I mean, you, you can listen to the episodes that we've had where, you know, multiple members of the band have been on the podcast. The band itself has been on the podcast. You can hear, you know, a lot of those stories. But that was something I remember always watching from kind of behind the scenes of just watching how fucking hard Tyler always worked. And that, that's what it comes down to. And it's working smart. It's not just working hard, mm-hmm. it's working smart. Smarter, I mean, your, your manager is somebody who is very invested in you. Exactly. Very, very invested in you. I'm in that process now. I mean, we were even kind of talking about it earlier where certain people that I work with, you know, through different comedy outlets who work for certain management companies that, you know, I've done my research and I'm like, these people, you know, really seem right for me. Right, right, right. But what do I need to do to make sure that they're actually invested in me? And it's been great to kind of pick their brains, but it's also taking that approach of saying, "Okay, are they are you know are they going to be the yeah, right ones course, for my of my business?" Every manager, every agent is going to work for you because they want to make money. That's the bottom yeah. line. They want to make money, and they think you can book jobs and make them money. That's why they're wanting to represent yeah. you. Um, so that's always going to be there. Well, but, when I say work for you, I, I more or less mean like. Uh, like like as you kind of said, like a symbiotic like family type. Well, yeah, that's what I was yeah. gonna say. And then on top of that, so the, there's always that bottom line of like they they're wanting to be successful and like this is a business. So that's always there, regardless of if someone's like pumped about you or not. But right. then if you on top of that have someone who's like, I really like you. Like I like I think you you have something that you have something to offer that's unique, different, new, fresh, whatever it is. Um, and they're going to work hard for you and get you in the door certain places because, you know, they're, they're excited about you. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what you want, I feel like. You know, this is coming from someone who's still figuring all this out, so I can't say I'm like, I know everything. But from my experience, I feel like those are the people who, you know, you, you look at a lot of these actors who are still, who are like nominated and winning Oscars. They probably, a lot of them have the same manager or agent from the beginning yeah a lot of them switch agencies you know they'll eventually end up with like you know the the bigger agencies um but uh, as far as like managers and things like that they, they usually stick with people they originally had because because they work grown, for them <laughs> they've and they're, they're their family over the years yeah you know? there, there's certain managers that like there's one manager out here that like i would just die to work with uh his name's alex murray so and he like part of the reason I really, really want to work with him is because I, I look at how he approaches the clients that he has. He's Chris Hardwick's manager. Uh, I believe he's Jim Gaffigan's manager, uh, Jonah Ray, Matt Myra. I, I remember first hearing Chris Hardwick mention him on a really early episode of the Nerdist podcast. And then he started representing all those guys on Nerdist. And at the time, I don't recall him having a ton of like big names. But then he slowly just kept grabbing, uh, you know, more and more comics. 
and I just started watching their careers really blossom. And to me, at least from you know standing back and kind of watching, he's somebody who loves comedy, loves young comedy writers and young actors, and being able to just like push them to the areas that they excel in. And that's something that like I I just became captivated by. I was like, yeah, these are the kind of people I want to work with. Is mm-hmm. are, are those that you know recognize what somebody can do. And they focus really hard on getting them to that area they want to be in. And it's it's hard. It's hard because there's a lot of there's a lot of sifting through bullshit as well. Yeah. Because there's a lot. Yeah, of you better bullshit. get your fucking hip waders on. <laughs> get whip out the shake weights. Whip out the uh, whatever. <laughs> but uh, you got to be able to sift through some because there's a lot of that too. So you might not find out who you need to be with right off the bat. There might be some trial and error. Oh yeah. Going on. So. Hey, my, my, I fired my first agent in a matter of months. <laughs> <laughs> Why? For not telling you what you need to bring to a, an audition and or editing out yeah. material from your the, the sides? Yeah, it's, that, al- it's, it's almost... Could that be the reason? That could be the reason. <laughs> Just a guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's ridiculous. But, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a long, grueling process, but I, I know I can speak for both of us when I say that we wouldn't have it any any other way and and part of the reason too that we wanted to kind of bring some of this up on this episode because we had talked about it going into this is we, we recognized that our focus so much when we were when we were in utah was always you know built building things up within acting and writing and filmmaking and and that's so much of what we always focused on but you know so so many people don't realize that struggle that you do have to go through to actually make it to, to make this a career like I, I don't think I know what it really is to to make it. I, I think I can speak for both of us when I say in, in our opinion, to make it is to be able to do this for a living for the rest of our lives. That is literally it. That is the that, sole that, that is, that goal is of what I want is just to like pay my bills. I mean, sure. Doing if, what I if, do. if we can oh. win some awards and have a name known. <laughs> that stuff's I feel like. But that's not the main focus. It happens if it happens. But I'm not like, I'm out to win an Oscar. Of course, would I love that? Yes. But that's because I want what that means. Yeah, that's exactly it. Not because I... It's it's like uh, professional athletics. You look at sports, you know, you look at, say, someone like LeBron or Steph Curry. You know, they have so much money, it's, like, not even funny. They could buy probably a country or two. Um, But at the end of the day, I don't think they're... I'd buy Djibouti. I already bought Djibouti. Uh, I don't think they would. Uh, they would hang their hat on their money. Maybe they would, but to me, it's like these huge max deal contracts. In a way, that says like what you have is highly, highly um, like sought after. Yeah, you know, it's like you are at the top of your game. So we're offering you $250 million. Like, I'm talking... Yeah, it's, it's that's building a, your value. That's an example in, like, money terms. But, like, with awards, it's kind of like that, where, of course, yeah, you know, if you're not attempting to, like, be the best and do... Or not be the best, because art is subjective, but, like, right. being your best and creating great content and material... Um, at the end of the day, the, you have to be happy with what you uh, made. Right, right, right. Yeah, you could make money makers the rest of your life, and you know some people would be very happy to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, I feel like I want to make content. I yeah. want to make stuff that's well, like one, one of my big. I would want to watch. Yeah. And not like I know this is gonna sell, so 
we're gonna make it. What one of my big heroes is is Tom Lennon. And granted, people oh, do Tom people do know who Tom <laughs> Lennon is. Luckily, he's he's been very fortunate to also have a career on screen where people know who he is. Officer but, Dingle. Yeah, he's good old good old Officer Dingle. But a lot of people don't realize that he also wrote the Night at the Museum movies. Did he? And, yeah. Like he's actually written. He's I remember written you telling me this. Fuck he's, ton he's, of he's movies. He's written a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like he has a great book that he and Ben Grant put out that um, is, is how how to write movies. I can't remember. I'll, let me pull it up because I'm going to fucking butcher their title. And and it's a great it's a great book. <laughs> Sounds like you're just making it up. How to write write movies uh, in film and theater. Uh, what? Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it it sounds like I'm totally film just fucking making this up. <laughs> How to write movies in theater. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, this is what it's called. It's called Writing Movies for Fun and Profit, How We Made a Billion Dollars at the Box Office. So and they, on the cover, they have fun and crossed out, so it's more or less writing movies for profit. But it, it dissects like how you have to treat this like a business, what you actually have to do. But, yeah, most people do not realize that, you know, it does, you know, everything that goes into it, and yeah, Tom Lennon is doing this because he loves it. He loves to write. And sure, you know, he's been in, you know, a ton of great comedies. You know, everybody knows him from, from Reno 911 and, um, you know, recently The Odd Couple, Another Period. You know, everybody knows him from those. But yeah, out of all of his writing credits, the newest Baywatch movie, he created the basic story for it. Yeah, Night at the kind Museum. Of, kind of the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, in a way. Rocky and Bullwinkle, Mr. Peabody and Sherman, Hell Baby, which was a fucking amazing movie. If you did not see that at Sundance several years ago, <laughs> no, that movie was wonderful. Hell Baby. Yeah, that sounds like something you'd really like. Yeah, like fun, Funny or Die. Does it feel relatable? Are you a Hell it Baby? It does. Uh, Balls of Fury, and of course, Reno Nine One One, Night at the Museum. These are all written yeah. credits, screenplay. Credits. Yeah, Herbie fully loaded. Now, what's funny is they actually tried to get their names removed from that. <laughs> because oh, really? because there's a lot of there's a lot of things oh. that it goes through that um I came across this somehow the other day who else wrote oh uh who what is this guy was directing something it's coming out oh game night I, I was like, looking up game night because yeah. I did not really like see much on it, and then I got on to, and I was like, "Oh, he did Furby fully loaded," and then yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but but they yeah they they if I if I remember right, they did not want their names on it because when you write a screenplay and you sell it, a lot of the times it's going to go through you know a handful of other writers to kind of add to things to it that it may not, not even be mean. your project anymore. And if you want to hear a great discussion on that, listen to the, one of the newest nerdist. Well, I guess ID Ten T. Uh, podcasts uh, with John August because he actually kind of goes through a lot of that process and and how some of that works. But yeah, I mean the Pacifier, Taxi, not the TV show, the uh, the Jimmy Fallon Queen Latifah movie that was terrible. Uh, Strangers with Candy, the TV show, and of course the State. I love Strangers with Candy. But yeah, I mean I, that literally, I, I knew I knew you did. <laughs> we we have to often keep you away from Wendellos fans. We've learned our lesson. But they're fun. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Tom Lennon's not doing this to win awards. He's doing it because he fucking loves it, and he makes a lot you of great have stuff. To. If like you didn't, then you drive yourself nuts. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, we were we were even talking earlier, like just the small Buzzfeed video I shot last week, like just being back on a set and in front of a camera. It just like 
it just makes you so fucking happy to it a degree that it's really like it does it feels like home and i don't know how else to explain it but it's like when you're working on something especially for for uh, a couple of days in a row you know it's like ah it's so rewarding it feels like that is what feels like that that feeling of i made it yeah i get that when i'm like i'm not so much if i'm doing a day roll you know cuz you're just kind of showing up keeping your head down doing your bit and yeah. you're heading out and you get paid but when it's something where you're like you actually have a, a meaningful like role in whatever story it is, you know, and you're there and you're shooting for a couple days in a row and you're kind of like familiar with people in the set, it's like, oh, this is it. This is like what I it's almost like a high anyway in a way. Exactly. It's like I love this so much, I want this every day. I want this so bad. Just to be here and be like acting, just acting and stuff. That's so Stuff that's good also, you know, that's rewarding and stuff that you enjoy. It, it would probably suck if you were doing something you really hated. Yeah. And you had to show up every day. But if it's a, a cool project, you know, it feels amazing. It feels feels rewarding. And also, you know, it feels like this is what you should be doing. And you are. You're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's something that we're, we're lucky to be able to have. To have the flexibility to be able to pursue what we, what we love and yeah. what what you know a lot of people wish they could be doing and i mean we we just had to set our set ourselves up i mean for me being married i mean the amount of people that have told me that my wife and i are selfish because you know we don't have kids and and it's like cool everybody i know for one that has kids usually is that you know talks to me about this oh i I wish i could be doing what you're doing (laughs) they're living vicariously through you yeah and it's like i don't know that you do wish you could be doing this because it's not as glorious as it may seem. I mean, we, we aren't going to post on... I, some people are like, oh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are so fake because you only post the good things. And it's like, yeah, you know what nobody wants to see on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? They don't want to see my, <laughs> like my rejection letters from McSweeney's or The New Yorker or any of that. They want to see the things that, hey... You know, highlights. It's a yeah, highlight reel. It's a highlight reel. <laughs> like that that's what it fucking is. I mean, if you want to start seeing the rejection letters we get and I mean you can post any felled audition tapes. I mean sure, I guess I guess we can post those. No, no, but... no. I'm gonna do one better and I'm gonna post a video of me paying a bill. Oh yeah, yeah. Because people wanna watch things like that or see of course, yeah, it's it's not posting things to be fake and acting like of course. It's it's a subconscious thing. You know that's not exactly how that person's day was. Just because they posted a cool picture in front of some cool building, you know, like that wasn't their day. Yeah. They had to like fight for the bus ride on the way there, and you know, maybe step in a puddle and stain their jeans and shit. But like, yeah, you're not gonna show any of that on your Instagram. Maybe yeah, exactly. It's, it's like but, I, may, I may post a picture. You know, like I, I've been lucky to host to co-host. You know, some of the Nerdist Open mics lately. Like, yeah, that's fucking great. But my day leading up to that may have been, you know, a shitstorm. I mean, the amount of times you and I are going to get told no over the next six months, year, like, it, it's going to far outweigh. <laughs> the yeses. And yeah. Good. Like, when I was listening to that to that episode of ID10T with, uh, with John August, he actually talks about how he has 50 screenplays that he knows that he's written. 12 have been made. Wow. Like, that's great. That, that's just the reality of it like you, yeah. you, you you just have to recognize that and you roll with the punches yeah i mean if you have a 25 percent success rate like that 
hey, you're look, doing look damn good. good. Yeah, you're doing damn good. I yeah, I always relate it to uh, to baseball. If you are familiar with it, if not, the term batting 400. That's what it's called in baseball, and that means whenever somebody's up to bat, um, they're given you know a, a ratio per se of like every 10 up to bats. They're hitting the ball, like, in play, they get on base, you know, it's a successful hit. If they get four of those out of every ten up to bats, that would mean, like, six strikeouts. Or six yeah. six outs for every four successes. You're doing really good in baseball. And it's similar to that in this, but even, like, a worse ratio. It's like, yeah. if you get one out of 20 auditions, you You have a, be- you have really a better good. chance like, of your name being called at the MLB draft than... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's kind of like that. You just and I remember hearing uh, Brian Cranston talking about it, and he he's always giving great insightful uh, stuff about acting and auditioning. And um, you just have to be realistic. That, that's the biggest it's, thing. It's having a realistic slash optimistic brain, you know, because yeah. you can't be one hundred percent either. You do have to kind of be a little crazy and a little dumb. You Not absolutely dumb, do. But like, you're 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 intentionally ignoring logic because logic tells me I should not do this because it's not going to be good for me. You know, like I could pick a stable job that was going to pay things and whatnot. That makes logical sense, but you kind of have to ignore that if this is what what you want to do and, you know, be like, you know, screw that. Logic is my parents in the back of my head going, do you know the failure? Come on, you've got to know the failure rate. <laughs> and they talk like this because they they're from Salt like Lake this. City, Utah. Exactly. They talk like this. Tim, <laughs> get back here. <laughs> no more podcasts. I told you. <laughs> Shut up, Ma. I'm a record. You can't stop me. I don't know where that came from. Well, I don't either. I, uh, I liked it. I mean, it was. But yeah, I mean, it's, and scene. It, it's, it's the, they're, they're, they're that voice of reason because, and like when Caroline Weiss was on the podcast last week, we kind of talked about that. You know, it's they, they, they want you to be successful, and it's scary for them and scary for that voice of reason in your head that's saying, "Hey, I mean, this is this is hard," but you just have to keep going. Like just last night, actually, I rewatched The Big Sick. Uh, oh, yeah. what, one of my absolute favorite movies last year. I'm even more mad rewatching it that was not nominated for Best Picture. But and I Tanya, yeah, and I Tanya. Those are my two that I'm just very irritated were not nominated. Yeah. But wa- rewatching it yesterday was also Kamel's birthday, and uh, Kamel and Jordan Peele's birthday. Kamel turned forty. Jordan turned thirty nine. And I was like. I look at it uh, at my place. I mean, I'm, I'm 33. Mm-hmm. I didn't start a lot of this until my late 20s. Right. And I, I, I look, I mean, you're, I, I'm always so envious that you, you kind of had this, this shit figured out, you know, from the second you left high school. <laughs> yeah. But I am fortunate in that regard that I came across yeah. the thing I want to do in high school. Uh, granted, I kind of did, but I just had a million people pushing me the opposite direction, pushing me away you were, from it. You were working in music still, so it's not completely I, like you were. True. I, I, I was, I was working stuff in music, like the ball game, but it's a totally different. Yeah, ball it's game. a totally different ball game. But even then, I still had people that were always trying to push me the other way. Don't you stay away from entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I look at it and I'm like, all right, well, I mean, Kamel's just turned 40. He's nominated for a fucking Oscar. Where was he at 33? Yeah. We, we didn't we didn't really start seeing him do stuff until maybe five-ish years ago. Yeah. 
He was and probably doing what he was doing in the movie. He was just doing that, That's pretty much all I, all I doing really open recall. Mics, doing, you know, yeah. stand-up comedy, like, tournament-type things. And yeah, like, I mean, that that's what I recall. I mean, granted, I know that there was more than that. I mean, the Indoor Kids, his podcast, some of that was around, you know, in, in, in the early 2012-ish, 2013-ish region. But, but I mean, it's... I, I, nothing should ever measure your career against anybody's. But I, I like seeing that there is that yeah. progress that when, you know, you're at this stage, as long as you keep working hard yeah, it, and just, working smart, it just will. Like, it figures itself out. There, there's no way if you are like one, you're, all your chips are on black, you know, like you're not gambling on any other numbers or colors, whatever, like. There's just no way that you're not... Well, I guess like, gambling shouldn't be a good example. Yeah. Because it's like, it certainly could land on red. <laughs> yeah, it certainly could. But the, 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 I think the right way to say it is you don't want to put all your chips just on black. You want to, you know, if, if if you've got those odds and you've got the amount to play with, balance it out. <laughs> throw, like, only throw a dollar on. <laughs> yeah. Throw, throw a dollar and then on you once and you don't lose it all. For, yeah. yeah that, I think that's a better way to look at it. Because you're, you're playing the, the game for a long time versus like... I've heard this. This is really funny. Uh, my girlfriend was actually telling me about uh, she worked on something in Salt Lake, and there was this uh, kid that was working on it, and he's like brand new to acting, so you can't fault him. But he was, you know, talking to her about like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah. He was one of those like too too green, you know? And yeah. Like, oh gosh, this kid won't like shut up because he's just so excited about everything. Um, Which we've all been there. We have, yeah. Um, but he was just vocal about it, so it was yeah. like, okay, dude, like please stop. Um, he also couldn't hit his mark, and it was really annoying. <laughs> from what I heard that green <laughs> it was like like 10 plus takes because he kept stepping into a light or something like that anyways uh, that aside it was just that he kept asking he's like so what's your plan you know and she's like well uh, I'm gonna be moving to LA and um, he's like oh wow yeah he's like yeah I think I'm gonna do that too he's like he's like I'm gonna do the uh, the like one year thing and she's like one year thing what is that and he's like I can go there and like work really hard for like one year and if I don't like make it then like I'll just give up and I was like <laughs> What sense of like drive is that? Like, I'm gonna go. Like, who yeah. ever in anything is was successful? Well, it's, here? Like, it's like let's see. I I moved out here for school in 2013, and it didn't work out right away. And I came home and said, Austin, we're gonna do the four fucking year thing where we're gonna work our asses off and keep driving back and forth from Salt Lake City to Los Angeles. And then we'll go to Los Angeles and do the fucking life thing. <laughs> like, I, I think you probably would have kicked me upside the head if I would have said, let's just try doing this for a year. Let's do this for one year, see how it goes. And if and we if, if we not, don't have an Oscar, if, but, we, if we have not got an EGOT. If you, like, if that, you're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. I feel like. You, you're, know, you absolutely a, are setting yourself up there's, for failure. There, that's what's funny also about, about this. I was kind of talking about it earlier, but to make it more specific is like, the, the timeline kind of effect where people are, are like, if you haven't made it in X amount, and made it is such a vague term. Made yeah. it is whatever you want it to be. Yeah, like, um, like we said, that can be working behind the scenes as long as you're doing what you're me, doing. To me, it's paying bills, doing acting. Yeah. That's, I've made it. Um, anything above that is icing on the cake. But exactly. at least I have a fucking cake. <laughs> um, so anyways, the timeline sort of the dilemma where people... I kind of want cake now. <laughs> Turn you on a little bit. A little bit. Uh, never mind. I was gonna make a weird <laughs> joke and I'll just stop there. Uh, yeah, there's, there, there, there. Just 
there isn't. And granted, this is coming from someone who's still like very young in all of this, and I'm still figuring it out myself. Yeah, we still are green. We we are still like, and I forget that sometimes. I'm like, I'm a, I know everything. I'm a professional. We uh, we have decent credits behind both of us in both of our respective I mean, fields. Like, I'm definitely not new, but I am new in the beginning. <laughs> yeah, put it that way. Um, and the, like you look at people like let's say Morgan Freeman, let's say Alan Rickman, you know these guys, they didn't even start acting until they were like thirty-five, yeah, or whatever, you know. And look at the amazing careers they've had. Um, you know, sometimes it's timing. It's like maybe you know this wasn't you. You jumped into this at a at a time that like, or maybe not that you jumped into it at a time, but that you set yourself up for that like all my money's on black. And if I don't do anything within five years or something like that, then I'll give up. And it's like, why Why would that ever be your, your goal, you know? Yeah, why, why would you have giving up as you, part you of your might, goal? You might be, it might be five years and one month until you have your chance. And you gave up at five years because yeah. you, for whatever reason, gave yourself a limitation. D- Destin, Destin Creighton, who uh, did Short Term 12. I remember him when I went, because it was the very first uh, Academy event I was ever invited to. And I remember going to that event. And keep in mind, I mean, this is Lakeith Stanfield early on. Uh, you Rami know, Malik. Yeah, Rami Malik. Uh, Brie, Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is still very early. I still early haven't seen it. On, I know. God damn it. I know. But this is early on all of their careers. And I remember hearing Dustin Creighton say during the Q&A they had afterwards, that because he, he was a nickel fellowship winner and the nickel fellowship is a really hard screenwriting competition to win uh, through the academy and I remember him saying he was just about to give up because he had done one other film um, and you know he just it, things just weren't stacking up how he wanted it to be and then he put out short term 12 which that year ended up being the freshest movie of the year I still do not understand how it did not get a single Oscar nomination. And, I mean, it's... Wasn't it him, kind of like the whiplash of that year? Yeah, it, it, it kind of was. Like an indie movie that, like, is incredibly good. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, and it really was amazing. And and then, you know, like, he just barely did The Glass Castle this last year with Woody Harrelson and, yeah, uh, and Brie Larson. I haven't seen that one, but I've heard it's great. Yeah, but, I mean, if he would have given up... Before short short term twelve was yeah, a reality. It's, it's like that. I don't know if you've seen it, but there's this little uh, cartoon diagram, and it's like it it's underneath ground, underneath surface layer, and you have like one miner. He's got like a little pickaxe, and he's like chipping his way through the dirt, digging a tunnel, and then um, he's like right where he stopped. He's turned back around and he's walking back out the tunnel that he just carved. And there's this, and right on the other side, if he just hit the thing one more time, he would yeah, have he'd fallen. Yeah, he'd have broken the, through. The pit of diamonds is behind it. Yeah. And there's this other guy who's still hacking away above him that's like still heading towards it. And it's like such a great little example. Yeah, of it's, like, a great, it's a great analogy of really what, it, what you go through. Of course, that's a lot easier said than done because like there's going to be times where you're in the real like shits T- of life. and Well, while digging that tunnel, you without a doubt have hit you know caverns of shit that you then had to like scoop out and <laughs> right. keep that tunnel going keep yeah pulling it up in buckets but eventually it got another di- bucket of shit and again <laughs> diamonds may not be literal diamonds it's 
whatever you want it to be. Yeah. It, whatever you want those diamonds to be. If yeah, a, a recurring role that nobody knows your name. You're just that guy in that show. Is what it is. Is I just want to be. I want it to be roles. I want to play roles that are just like meaningful. Like yeah. it doesn't. Ha- I could give two shits if it's like a lead, a supporting, or you have one scene. But if like. It's going to be something that's impactful to the main character or impactful to whatever the the story. That's what I that's what I want. Yeah. I want you know to come away from movies because some movies I'm like, oh my gosh, that person like they only had three scenes but they were incredible. Exactly. Like Gary Oldman in uh, True Romance. He's only in like <laughs> yeah. three scenes and it's like, dude should have been nominated for an Oscar for that. That was incredible. Yeah. And that, and, and for and for me, all I want to do is be able to make people laugh, whether it. I mean, stand-up, stand-up I'm, I'm starting to learn, as much as I love it, I don't know that it's my main my main goal. I, I enjoy writing and creating so much more, where stand-up is something that it's such a long haul, you're continually doing the same bits I to feel, build that hour. I feel like you got to, I don't know anything about stand-up, but I, I feel like you, it'd have to be the same as I am for acting, where it's like, I'm going to be an actor, or it's like, I'm yeah. going to be successful at stand-up, and it's not like you have any sort of attention diverted in other aspects. Right. You know, until, like, there might be a day where you're like, all right, I've done this for a while. I kind of want to try directing. But I feel like yeah. you got to pick one and be really good at one thing for uh, the first bit and not yeah. be average at, like, four things. And that's that's very true. And that and that's why I've never really, like, Not completely... that you can't, right? You can't direct. You, know, like, yeah, you, still you, you can. Get your feet wet. But, but that, that's why I've never completely just jumped all in and stand up is because I don't feel like I have that attention to give yeah. where I just, I love being able to write satire. I love writing sketches. I love writing. And I mean, you've, you've sat down with me when it comes to working on a sketch and I just like go into like tunnel vision <laughs> and I just like hammer it out. You, you can also, you're pumping content out really fast nowadays compared to like the old days. You, yeah. Now it's like, like with some of these sketches you just written, it was uh, like, Oh, yeah, give me 15 minutes. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, this is funny. And it's like, not funny. And with some like things that could be changed, it's like, well, I can't think of anything better. <laughs> it's a tight script. And, you know, that's come through training. Yeah, it's come through city. a lot of training. I owe Second Practice, City a lot of that. Obvious, I owe The Onion like, a lot. <laughs> very, like, universal characteristics. Working hard, repetition, practice, consistency. Those are all yeah, things that I feel like make anybody good at yeah. whatever it is that they do there's there's mediocre doctors and then there's the brain surgeon that people have flown in from the tiny town in france because he's the only guy in the world who knows what he's doing with whatever you know what i mean yeah. because um i, I don't know and, and, that, and I've, I've gone to those mediocre doctors and uh that's why i have a third testicle so it's uh that was i thought it was from birth or was that given to you that was given to me. The doctor was just like, we hear three of these can be good. And I was just like, I don't think so, doctor. Third one's like, a charm. He was like, here's the third one. And You're I was like, just oh, like, it's... and now it makes airports extra weird. And Oh, no. I thought they were supposed to give you the silicone kind of like. You'd think so. Plastic but... material one. No, they, they went with like one of those Easter ones Lead... with a Rolo in the middle. <laughs> Put a, the, like the Easter egg that you can yeah. open up. Yeah. And That's one of those, you have a little Rolo in it. Yeah, sometimes it rattles. It's a... <laughs> People are like, what are you packing? And I'm like, just a Rolo. <laughs> just a Rolo. They're like, Haha. you're like, no, seriously. No, no, seriously. There's, there's there, a Rolo. There's a Rolo my, and an Easter egg my... in my scrotum. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tim. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> sure. But, yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully to... 
you know, th- yeah. th- this has kind of been a, pr- a little bit of a preachy podcast, but... The, yeah, it's, I hope it's, it doesn't come across preachy because really this is two. This is coming from two people who are we, in the midst of yeah, and we want it, this we want it to be more open about what we're doing and and having to work through the of, the shit of driving yeah. Uber and things like that. We're not doing and, whatever your survival job is because yeah, of course, like <laughs> you know, I yeah, we're still working other jobs and whatnot. But like, there's been a lot of great successes over the years. Yeah. There's been a lot of things that are like. Wow, that I should take that into consideration, but it's never you should never be hanging your hat on something. You know that's what I've come to realize, yeah. and so I guess that's my point. It's just that while I hope this doesn't sound like we're coming across as this is what you got to do because this is what we know is right. Yeah, we're this, gonna, is this, just, this is from these are our experience. experiences <laughs> from experience. Uh, people who are early on in this whole entertainment industry, and hopefully now people take, can kind of follow yeah, our journey. And, and maybe like, yeah, you, you'll hear some of the stuff we've said and be like, "I like that," or maybe you'll be like, "That's stupid." That's, you guys are fucking idiots. That's like, great. Like either of those is good, and you're totally entitled to that because you might find something that find a, a route or path that's better, more yeah. you know, efficient than we have. But from what we've done so far, I'd say. You know, it, it, it's, keep it's your head working down and, and just keep going. That's it. And, and I mean, yeah, I mean, this is like episode like 119, I think, is, is what episode number this is. Yeah, it's one, it should be 119. The magic number. It's it's like, I mean, we've recorded a hundred of the, you know, over a hundred of these and. You've recorded over a hundred. Yeah, I, yeah you, you've, you've been on, you've been on a fair amount, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've recorded over a hundred of these. And I mean, just now is where we're starting to see things kind of blossom. And, and so now, I mean, hopefully anybody that, that's listening and as we continue to gain more and more listeners yeah. out here, I, I'm you, hoping, you'll be able to kind of follow what what we're doing at this point and, yeah, the, of course, this, and celebrate those successes I, with I'm, us. I'm hoping in five years this is the episode people listen to, like we are listening to episodes of Nerdist or, yeah, or anything like when that. When I listen like, to oh, episodes. What a great episode. This is right at yeah. the time of their career when this and this was happening. Yeah, no, kinda, nothing makes me happier than hearing old episodes of Nerdist. When Chris was still trying to figure things out and saying things he wanted to do, and I've seen all those come come to light. Hearing Jonah Ray talk about his favorite show is Mystery Science Theater and how, man, he always wanted to be a part of that. And years later, he's the fucking host of it. <laughs> Hearing Matt Myra talk about how all he ever wanted to do is write on a TV show. And now he writes for the Goldbergs. He hosts After Trek. Like, th- these are amazing things that these guys have been able to do. But at... There was a point yeah. when they were just like every every other Uber, Lyft driver, Burger Flipper Matt worked server. at the Apple Store at the Grove. Dude, you know, like, like it's just what it yeah. is. Uh, uh, over 100 episodes into Nerdist, Matt was still working at the I, Apple Store at the Grove. I feel like maybe that's one more note I'll just add real quick is having no ego. Like, you can't. I feel like you just can't. You can't. Yeah. There can be a sense of maybe pride of like some things you've done or like accomplishments you've had, but again, never hanging your hat yeah. on anything. Yeah, you have to be able and to celebrate your success, uh, but move on. Exactly. Put it away and be like, it is what it is, and that's you know that's uh, it's something I've done. But at this point, I'm working on the next thing, and I have no yeah no ego. Like no, you're just you're another actor. You're yeah. An, you're like th- there's. They can find you by the dozen. There's literally a hundred guys who are my height, hair color, eye color, whatever. <laughs> and and I mean we, we we've been able to watch some of our heroes, you know, grow and become and come where they're at now. And I mean, seeing them succeed, it's kind of fun to celebrate in their success. 
So and and we yeah. want we want everybody that so, listens to be able to do that with us. Yeah. We we want to we want to celebrate as a it, it, like like we mentioned with our managers and stuff. It's a family. It's a symbiotic relationship. We want to be able to celebrate in that way too. Exactly. And that's kind of yeah, oh, I'll go into all that. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Just supporting and feeling excited for for your fellow actors, writers, artists, and fans. Like it's the fans. It, it, it's it. fucking weird to think that we have fans, but. <laughs> We we do have fans. While while it may be a small fan base, it's still fans, and we wouldn't get the opportunities we get if it wasn't for, you know, fans coming to see you in plays and seeing you, seeing you, you know, up on the screen and continuing. My mom's my biggest fan. Your mother is your biggest fan. Disappoint anybody? Yeah, I I I would try to say I was your biggest fan, and your mom would probably like pull out a shiv and be like, "I will fight you and cut you." Why would she pull out a shit? <laughs> a shiv. Oh, a shiv. <laughs> so, I, she'd pull out a shit and fight me. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> so, like, my mom has never pulled out a shit. So animalistic. Like, <laughs> I will fling this. <laughs> uh, I'm not afraid to fling. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we 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 have great great fans uh, rooting for us, and yeah, uh, and hopefully this will just you know we'll continually this broaden is that and another step in the fun yeah. ride. You know, a fun Uber ride. If I. <laughs> Here to pick you up. Please, God. Are you, if anybody here is listening, Austin? we were talking about this earlier. Don't order an Uber like on a corner or like somewhere on a st- busy fucking street. Somewhere stupid where it's like nobody can stop their car right there and pick you up. But yeah. of course, you ordered a ride right there. Thank you. Yeah, we'll, we'll do what we can. Of course, to, I'll to, stop right on Hollywood and Highland for you. Yeah. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, before we wrap it up, though. I just want to say real quick that uh, one of the series that I did film last year is going to be coming out March 7th on YouTube Red. I think that um, the first couple episodes might be free, and then you can also use your free trial to watch the rest of the series if you like it, or if you already have YouTube Red, you'll be able to watch all of it. Yeah. That's coming out March 7th. Youth and Consequences. Youth and Consequences. Um, I'm in two of those episodes. Um, The trailer's up now, too. the The trailer's out. It's on YouTube. Um, and then you have Trek coming out too Trek, in Trek, April. That's the little uh, Mormon LDS movie I did in Utah. Really excited and proud of that film. You know, Austin, Austin gains a testimony. You're right, I gain a testimony. I'm not <laughs> LDS or active LDS anymore. Um, I was born and raised in an uh, LDS uh, Mormon family, but um, you know, that's it's a fun movie. It's a fun family movie that I think really anybody can enjoy it doesn't feel exclusive to just yeah like mormon i hate it. every one of those so, kind of movies and i'm actually excited to see this no it, it's a fun charming little movie um so that'll come out also uh for sure utah and they're pushing to make it in a, in a wider release it depends how good the f- opening weekend does in utah i think so it might be uh elsewhere you can demand the movie in your area if you just go to the i movie. demand it right and you say it just like that. you have to say it just like that exactly like that um I demand it. If you just go to the Facebook page, Trek the Movie, or the Instagram page, uh, you'll be able to go to the website and you can demand the movie wherever you are. And if they have a big enough like need or want in that area, they'll bring it out to you. So uh, check out both of those. Yeah, and my BuzzFeed video will be coming out and soon. Tim with, and his cat make their debut. <laughs> little one was. Uh, little one was we've, not having it. We've come to discover may not be acting is her. Uh, yeah. Might not be her chosen yeah career. acting is not her chosen career path she's 
She would rather sit home and watch Conan and Riverdale. She's, she's done some modeling, though, I've seen on your Instagram. Yes, post. she has. She's done, you know. Yeah, she, she does There some might be that. some avenues in there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> she's not a stage cat. <laughs> not she's yet. like, God damn it, you will not exploit me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, look, look, look for look for some of those things. And then next week we have a, we have a fun episode, too, with... Uh, with John Hymas and uh, and Tom Scott Everett, so I'm, I'm really. Did I say Tom Scott Everett? Tom Everett Scott. So I don't, I don't know how I seriously There's fucked that up. There's three names in whatever order you feel. <laughs> yeah, John Hymas and Tom Everett Scott. They'll be coming on to talk about their new movie All Square. Uh, that'll be at South by Southwest uh, next month. So, yeah, that that's coming up, and then uh, our Oscar episode uh, will be coming up in another week and a half here. So um, we'll we'll have. Some some oh. little teaser stuff if, from if, the. Uh, if only all of the streets in L.A. were all square. Yeah, that would be great. We'll, we'll have some teasers uh, as well from the uh, from the red carpet stuff because we uh, we always head on down there and we head on down to the red carpet. They've already got it set up. Yeah, yeah, not the lot, red carpet. Yet, not the red but carpet, but some of the scaffolding and stuff has been it's exciting. Has been going up and big Jimmy Kimmel posters already up and yeah, it's, it's a week and a half away. Holy crap. Really? Yeah. Wow, we've got a lot to watch. Yeah, and then of course we'll have our live with Kelly uh, coverage too, because we'll be we'll be at the after after the Oscars that we go to every year for yeah, that. Yeah. So, alrighty. Thanks well, for that's... listening. I hope it didn't come across too preachy. Yeah. Just enjoy your experience. Yeah. Enjoy... Cliche. That that was so close to an enjoy your burrito. I was like, is Austin gonna say enjoy your burrito? Wrong podcast. And this was brought to you by. <laughs> Let me segue in our uh, advertisements that we don't have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's brought to you by and just hello my darling, hello my lady, hello my ragdoll gal. <laughs> I, I totally pantomimed the hat and everything there, even though nobody could see. I that. only think of spaceballs, the little aliens. <laughs> I think that was one of the hardest I've ever laughed in a, a movie. Was when uh, that happened. I was like, "What am I watching? This is the greatest thing ever." I haven't watched space. That's what I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go do that right now. I'm gonna go watch spaceballs. <laughs> yeah, I'll see you in the studio next week. Yep. Thank you.